Maybe you're already a Mondays fan. In that case, this episode will be a slide down the memory helter-skelter. Maybe you've heard a couple episodes, but don't get all the inside jokes. Maybe you just want to know what the fuck Mondays is, and why it seems to have a cult following. Maybe you just want to hear Professor Schmeckle again, or try to wrap your mind around Dwayne's Magic Burrito. Maybe you forgot how Karen and Mark met on this show, and all the crazy things that have happened in their lives since. Well, sit back and relax, because I'm going to explain it all to you. How it started, how it progressed, and where it's going. I'm Carl Franklin, and this is The History of Mondays, Part 1, The Early Years. So it all started with a podcast for software developers that I've been co-hosting since 2002. It's called .NET Rocks. I don't expect you to know anything about programming, but I started the show long before the idea of syndicated audio took hold. See, I was, and still am, a huge fan of public radio. In the United States, we have what is as close to non-commercial radio as you can get. Public radio gets its support from government endowments like the NEA, the National Endowment for the Arts, from funds set up by tycoons like the Carnegies, and by listener contributions. In the early 80s, when I was young, I happened upon a one-hour show out of Boston called Car Talk with Tom and Ray Maliazzi. These two brothers started a call-in show about cars. It became very popular, and they eventually moved it to Cambridge near their garage, which operated throughout their radio career. What I loved about Car Talk was the most infectious laughter. They would joke around with each other and with the guests, and it was radio magic. Older brother Tom passed away in 2014 at the age of 77, and the show went into reruns. I still listen to it. A handful of mothballs, huh? Oh, see, and you thought he was just a local yokel. That's, and I said, uh, don't, don't do that. And he's pushing them down the little smaller <laughs> hole, you know, where you can't put... Uh, <laughs> You're saying, don't do that. Right. You said these unleaded mothballs? Don't, don't, don't put mothballs in the car. Yeah. Well, he continues to stuff mothballs in the thing. And uh, he says, I think it'll start now. And uh, I cranked it and cranked it, and it wouldn't start. And I'm sitting here, and just as I was about to give it up and, and go for the guy's throat, <laughs> it starts, and it runs fine. It does, <laughs> it eh? It runs perfectly. Yeah. And I say, well, there's something, there was something else wrong. And he goes, nope, mothballs do it. it that'll fix it. <laughs> and I guess I ran whatever water was still in the, uh, the, the carburetor and the line out, and after I got to the... Mothball additive. <laughs> it starts, and now I want to know: Should I drain the tank? Have I ruined the engine, or should we all start keeping mothballs in the ga- in the glove box instead of uh, like gas treatment? Well, I just called my wife on the line and told her to go, <laughs> go and buy out the local uh, local as, hardware store. As you know, my brother has a PhD in chemistry right. from MIT. Right. And so, tell us, what do mothballs do in a gas tank? Well, they absorb the water, I think. (laughs) After that came a spate of quiz shows, such as What Do You Know out of Wisconsin, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me out of Chicago, Says You out of Boston. And since we started Mondays, new shows came around like Ask Me Another out of Brooklyn, which has since gone off the air. So around 2002, I was in full swing teaching hands-on training classes. I was building websites, 
and everyone was looking to the internet to provide multimedia experiences, even though it wasn't really happening yet. YouTube wouldn't be around until 2005, and Flash as well in 2005. Even though we had MP3 files, there were no MP3 players, no iPods, no smartphones to speak of. I was also a conference speaker. I had been delivering presentations to conferences for nine years at that point. Some of the best conversations happened in the speaker's lounge. I simply wanted to record these conversations and share them somehow. Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show. My first co-host Mark Dunn and I started recording .NET Rocks in August 2002. Mark would call in from Atlanta, recording his track with a microphone. I also recorded my track with a microphone. I had a rudimentary phone interface that isolated the caller's track, but it didn't work all that well. We recorded every other week with guests from Microsoft and the programming community. I would mix the recordings and put the MP3s on my training website. I had a good mailing list from Carl and Gary's VB homepage, a website which I had run since 1994. And every time we recorded a new show, I would send out an email. I distinctly remember quite a few people asking me, why not video? It was as if I was expected to skip right over podcasts and go right to YouTube. Turns out audio was a good idea. Right now I have Pat Hines on the line from Critical Sites. And uh, the reason I wanted to start with Pat is because... So I was seen as an innovator for sure. And I guess I got a little cocky. In 2004, I decided to change the format of .NET Rocks. I extended the show to two hours. I brought on Rory Blythe, a programmer and a fan I had met at a Microsoft conference. He was also a very funny writer. He had a blog that was just hilarious. Mark Dunn had recently bowed out, and I asked Rory to step in as co-host. So my one-hour-of-tech-talk show became a two-hour variety show with tech, music, live callers, and humor. Hey, well, they, Carl, be before you start anything, I'd like to ask you something. Did sure. you write your music, or did your parents write it? Did I write my music? Hey, that's oh, an interesting that's an question. That's an awesome question, Jeff. <laughs> oh, that's Jeff Marvin Minsky there, man. Jeff comes out from the, behind the soundboard to ask the... the 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 toughy the toughy well what's the answer carl i i think i i don't know but i'm going to claim responsibility for it i think simple rna chains well well then it, i i know, think that um that you know soup on the earth that that whatever software ends up uh writing music someday if it's possible you know i think that that software should take credit for the music um i think the programmer can take um a little bit of credit for it and i think that you know your parents can take some credit for the music that you write but you know well it, we are the people our parents warned us about jeff go <laughs> away you're sounding smarter than everybody else on the show put together all right that, that's why i stay behind <laughs> the, sound the soundboard you are going to be able to mute yeah. that guy from out here yeah well, i control you i can make so, you sound Sorry, really Bob. bad. Well, no, no, One no, of the no, funniest no, bits we did was Rory's Google Weirdos. Rory, who is a self-described germaphobe, and that'll be important in a minute, combed the referral logs for his blog and found the search terms people typed into Google that landed them on his blog, which is full of surreal and satirical writing. The most memorable of these Google Weirdos things was in episode 62. A couple of high-flutin' Microsoft VPs were waiting on the phone and listening. We were told by Microsoft not to do anything outrageous on the show, because these guys were high class. Well, I forgot to tell Rory. I was cringing. And so were the Microsoft people listening in. Okay, so uh, do we have a Google Weirdos this week? We do week? have Google Weirdos this week. All right, here we go. So now is the time in our show when we like to do a little section we call 
the Google Weirdos, ladies and gentlemen. So the first one is Tidy Whitey's blog. I mean, that's just gross. Mm. I don't, I don't, I've never even liked that phrase. And why would I want to immerse myself in it to the point that I would be subscribing to some daily feed of information just about Tidy Whitey's? I think that's a little what bit gross. What is Tidy Whitey? I don't even know. It's, it's, it's briefs you know the white normal like hanes briefs okay. on guys which are very functional but some of the less appealing bits of garb oh, that okay. a guy can wear yeah oh, they don't right. really make you feel very how did you know that well, i mean it's just i thought it was common knowledge <laughs> but <laughs> perhaps not <laughs> okay so next one is less anal leakage oh come on oh <laughs> what you want more is that what you're saying? I want an. I want no. I was thinking I'd like none. That's I'd just like, wrong, I'd like to just move man. on to none. You, no anal leakage. That's just no wrong. more. We we got to draw the line. Just no more. So people stop doing that. God, what this are next, they looking for? I I honestly don't know. I really maybe maybe they've been eating Olestra chips or something. I I don't know. Ugh. So uh, this one here is not very PC. All right, it doesn't have a bad word in it, but it's not PC. You might want to plug your ears or something. But it, it's phrased in an interesting way. It's and and I can't believe somebody's searching for this. I'm serious. The retard ate the video. Ew. The retard. <laughs> ate the video. It's like some guy who's hanging out with his, you know, drugged out buddy who, you know, went it's on like, ahead. Uh, and, what's his name there in, uh, in the something about Mary? You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Eating the video. Yeah. No, no, no. There's something about the phrasing there. And why is this person looking for it? Yeah. That, that That's the way half of Google weirdos is, though. You just don't expect it. Yeah. It's just there it is, you know, right in the log. So here's one. Every time I see you walking by, I get a thrill, and you don't notice me, but in time you will. I must make you understand. <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, I, I didn't actually realize you were so serious. I'll try to make, pay more attention to you in the future. That's not actually a lyric from a Tom Jones I, song I, I or something? I think it might be a lyric from something, but it's definitely nothing I've got on my side. I don't know how that got there. Moving on, we've got, is there a proper way to wash hands? And yes, as a matter of fact, and until they're clean is really my advice. <laughs> Rory's advice is as often as possible. As often as possible for at least a minute and a half using hot water and soap and turning off the sink using a paper towel and exiting using a paper towel. I was surprised that you let somebody shake your hand at uh, Dev Connections They catch week. me off guard. I don't, I don't yeah. mean to let it happen, but if someone sticks their hand out and I'm not really thinking, yeah. then I'll, I'll reach out and when the hand touches, I go, oh man, what have I done? But now you're contaminated and you might as well just get it all dirty because you're sure. going to go to the bathroom in the next yeah. two minutes and wash. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I usually try to avoid it, but they did get me there. Moving on, we've got Tom Jones disease. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's but what I, you I've have, got it. my yeah, friend. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess something I've got. Next is grandmother triple clean eyelids. I, I don't know what that is. You know, twice cleaned is good enough for a lot of people. I don't, I, I don't even really know what eyelid cleaning is anyway. And lastly, the last Google weirdo of the week is... Urine smell in bathroom. All right, you know and, what? And, and, and gonna, all, all I can say is that it, it sure beats urine smell on the couch. We're gonna you know? have to uh, we're gonna have to disinfect the Google weirdos here. This is just you know a disturbing trend that's happening. <laughs> well, that's that's what people are putting in there. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. You know? So very strange. Yep. So that is Google weirdos for the week. So here's what one of the executives said after I introduced them. Well, I'd like to personally thank you guys for bringing a little class to our otherwise uh, silly and monotonous show. Well, you haven't heard us yet, so. <laughs> 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 Although, Carl, Rory, I have to tell you, it's it's 
this might be the highlight of my career. I'm not sure I've ever, you know, I've done lots of press interviews before, lots of shows, but I don't think I've ever done a show before where we worked in itchy buttocks and, and cow <laughs> testicles. Although the cow testicles thing, Steve and I were, were wondering if that was some sort of foreshadowing for our longhorn discussion. Oh, uh, <laughs> Another feature of this new format was the weird wide web. That's web with two Bs. Offered by our friend, Kirk Webb. Before we pause for the break, though, we're going to uh, do a segment on the show, a fairly new segment uh, that Kirk Webb brings to the show called The Weird Wide Web. Mr. Kirk. Thank you. Thank you very much. Utterly amazing. Horrible. That is the coolest theme song we have ever done. I, I, I can't get over that. I still love it. <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, nothing, uh, nothing uh, too fantastic. But uh, we have some, we have some pretty good sites. Uh, some very informative sites, actually. Okay. Um, the first one is shrinkster dot com uh, slash ns, as in uh, Sam. That's Norman Sam. And if you're wondering about shrinkster dot com, that was a site for shrinking URLs. It arrived on the scene well before tinyurl and Bitly. I'm attempting to gather the old links and make them available at shrinkster dot com with no e. So that's S-H-R-I-N-K-S-T-R. But it's a work in progress. Um, the first one is shrinkster.com uh, slash N-S, as in uh, Sam. That's Norman Sam. And it is Britney Spears' Guide to Semiconductor Physics. <laughs> it's fantastic. These guys, I, I finally really dug into it, though, and found out that, surprise, it's a spoof. Surprise. Oh, okay. There's these three guys uh, from... Uh, the University of Essex uh, in, in the UK that uh, basically put all of their notes and homework and labs and everything on here. And you can actually learn about, you know, crystal growth and, and uh, semiconductor and optoelectronics and, and everything. That's cool. And, but on every page, there's like a picture of Britney Spears and says, well, you know, Britney says it's really best if you do it this way. <laughs> and um, little did you know, there was an introduction, actually, he, you know, Hedy Lamar. um was actually Headley, the Headley, 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 Headley was actually the first to really get into this. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 fantastic site. That's Very cool. Photonic crystals. I like this. Let's Photonic. look at that one. Of course, this period of .NET Rocks is where we introduced Richard Campbell on a segment at the end of the show called Richard the Toy Boy. Richard would listen to the entire show as we recorded it, and then come on just before the end to offer up two toys, one good, one bad, that he found during the show that related somehow to what we had talked about. Here's a sample from episode 81, where Richard called in from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And I was searching for the worst toy I could find. And I was trying to explain to the Malaysians what bad toys are, and they didn't really <laughs> understand. I said, Hello Kitty USB key is a bad toy. <laughs> and they said, Oh, you want one of those? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> By the way... There are a ton of .NET listeners here. TechEd Malaysia had 2,000 attendees. It was packed. And people mm. kept running up to me saying, you are the toy boy. Oh, wow. They knew who I was, and they were very excited to meet me, and they loved the show. They were great. just thrilled, and they kept bringing me their toys. You cannot imagine the gadgets I've seen. That's great. Yeah, you ready for the bad toy? Yeah, let's see the bad and toy. And remember, I looked long and hard for bad toys. <laughs> And I, I mean, I, the, the Hello Kitty USB key was one thing. And uh, I found a frog mouse with the scrolly wheel as the nose of the, mouse, uh, of the uh, frog. But uh -huh. that, that didn't cut it either. Actually, my friend Goshkin, one of the RDs, bought it for his kids. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that couldn't do it. 
But the worst toy I've seen all week got emailed to me. I know you forwarded me an email from Greg Haslett about it. Gary Stanley emailed me as well. It's shrinkster.com slash N as in November V Victor. N V. N V. This is <laughs> the nose envy. mouse. Okay. Nose envy. mouse. Ah. So this is this guy. And he's a Canadian researcher, too, okay? So I'm almost embarrassed about this. (laughs) A Canadian researcher has developed a mouse system that tracks the position of your nose and your eyes. So you just point your nose, your pointer goes there. You blink, you double-click. Okay? Now, there's useful There's nothing good about this. (laughs) As if geeks didn't look stupid enough already. What if you're epileptic? Okay, now we're looking around our screen. (laughs) I mean, I, what know, if you got a nervous tick in your yeah, eye? Right. <laughs> Can you imagine watching a guy playing Quake with this? <laughs> if I like have a really big zit on the end of my nose, is that going to affect you know my work? Oh my god! Or on a six foot screen? You imagine get one of those big plasma screens up there, and now you're now you're getting whiplash playing video games, going back and forth. Mark from last week's going to have one of those things around. That's his neck. right. He's going to have a neck brace. The ergonomic. Uh... This new format was fun for sure, but the download numbers were going down. So later that year, Rory bowed out, and Richard Campbell became co-host. We went back to the one hour talk show format. And to satisfy my itch for making funny radio, I started Mondays. Oh no! It's Mondays! What's up with this dumb shit? The idea behind the name Mondays is that going to work on Monday morning after a weekend of partying, whatever, is kind of depressing, and maybe we could make it just a little more tolerable. I asked everyone involved for a subtitle. Rory came up with What Sunday Threw Up after he rejected a couple others, including Mondays, God damn it, which I really like. Before we could launch our first show, I needed to assemble a cast. I gathered up the geeks from .NET Rocks, Richard the Toy Boy, Rory, of course, Kirk Webb, and I brought on Karen Greenwald. I met Karen at my church, believe it or not. Before you wince, it was a Unitarian Universalist church. They are very accepting of culture. They had a sort of talent show where people in the congregation would perform, mostly music. But Karen got up and did a stand-up routine that had me crying. Later, I asked her if she'd like to be part of this crazy podcast idea, and she agreed. Now, as for Mark Miller, I had met him before as a guest on .NET Rocks, and I instantly recognized him as a hysterically funny genius, both with software and comedy. Mark couldn't make it to the recording of episode one, but I did record a short interview with him when I was in Vegas earlier. We drove around in a car and talked for a few minutes. Now, keep in mind... Mark and Karen didn't know each other at this point. In fact, the first time Karen ever heard Mark Miller's voice was during the recording of episode one. This is the recording I played. And no hookers in Vegas, right? 
Is Mark and I driving in the car? In Nevada, but not in Vegas. Something like that. I don't know. No, I don't even think it's in Nevada. You're not I think an expert it's... on hookers. No, I, but I have heard this. There's. I'm, well, wait. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I am not an expert on hookers, <laughs> but I have heard. You know, I that... could splice your response right there and make you say something. Well, you're really... not recording though. Now, are oh, you? No, no, I'm okay, not recording. So, all right. As far as I know, you're not, you're not recording. <laughs> so. Um, no, it's it, it, you are prompting me, aren't you? You're trying to get me to say no. all the words you need me to say, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I can just see you with the Ralph Nader interview. You're like, you're like, could you just say boner for me, please? No, no context. Don't worry. Just say boner. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I have a question for you. You know, you know, your muscles they'd be all floppy if you didn't have what is that called inside? What's that thing, Mr. Nader? <laughs> It's like femur. No, no, that's not it. Come on, tibula. No, no, no. What is that thing called? You know, archaeologists, they dig for them. Fossils? No. Say boner. Come on, Mr. Nader. So, anyway, you're trying to get me to say hooker, but I'm not going to say it. So, no, you're not going to say so it. I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna, so anyway, you're like, you know when you go fishing, what's that thing you stick on the end of the line? Turn and stay like so, um, so anyway, no, There's. I'm pretty sure the way it works is that it's, because I've, I've, because people, because you'd make that joke, yeah. and it's like people say, oh no no no, hookers are illegal in Vegas. Yeah, but Big but deal. I think and I, I think it's, it's technicality, right? No, I think it's it's either a county or it's a city have the freedom to legalize it or not. Oh, is what I understand. And so like there's this place where there's this um, uh, cat house, you know, this this brothel. Yeah, and it's in some county or some place that's like I my guess is obviously. Well, I wouldn't say driving distance, but like a half hour driving distance or less away yeah. from here. Okay. That's my understanding, but I don't know where it is, and uh, and I don't know if everything I've told you is true, but oh, I think it's pretty right. pretty close. All right. But but hookers legal in Nevada generally prostitution is legal. I guess so. I guess yeah. it must be because it's or, or or at the very least it's 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 up to the person to do it. Yeah. There's some place where it is legal here to do that. But the thing is, it's, in uh, Vegas. Yeah. But Michelle was saying this yesterday, yeah. where. Uh, uh, they were escorts until they enter the room, then they become hookers, and that I think is oh. probably the 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 you know, in other words, the hush. So it's a kind fine line, really. They, right. You have to get caught in the act in order for. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. So. So I wonder if there's like a hooker squad. You know, the Las Vegas Police Department. The the the, the hooker the, squad, like they go and you pretend that they're yeah, no, paying for hookers, and then they go and you busted. Babe. Yeah, I know. Well, I actually want that. I would if I could figure out a way to get a cop coming in, pretend to be a hooker, and didn't know that I knew that she was a cop. I would so love that because I would be like, she'd be like, "What do you want?" And I go, "What do you want to give me?" <laughs> she goes, "What do you want to pay?" I go, "What do you want to take?" You know, I'd be, just, I'd be going. She would. I would just be going. I would just be just you know extending this thing out, and all the cops that were listening would go, "Fuck! Why do you want to take it? He's been talking to her for three hours, man! Fuck! 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 You know, he's not saying we can't get him." And I'd just be like, you know. What, what do you want to see? What do you want to show me? You know, just go out like, well, I got to go. Okay, fine. You know, it's so funny. It was so funny. In preparation for the first episode, I wanted to play something that showed off my audio editing skills as well as my sense of humor. I wanted to bugger up speeches by some public figure. I sampled a bunch of political speeches because, let's face it, they're an easy target, and I settled on Ralph Nader. Now, it wasn't because I was anti Nader. Actually, I quite admire the man. I only chose him because his speeches are always so serious. And if I could make him say strange and dirty things, that would be really funny. I spent hours, days actually, poring over his speeches. And this is what came of it. Ralph Nader is in the news this week. (laughs) Apparently, he's been uh, talking to the press and saying some very odd things. 
Doctors think that he may be suffering from a post-election depression bordering on psychotic behavior. For example, on Meet the Press earlier this week, host Tim Russert got about halfway through the interview, and out of nowhere, Mr. Nader started to sweat and shake. And in response to a very straightforward question on the economy, he suddenly found himself at a loss for words. Uh, the uh, this is uh, which uh, pop, uh, pop. <laughs> well, <laughs> Mr. Russert, then sensing something was wrong, tried to wrap it up, asking Nader if he had any calls to action for the American people now that things have gotten back to normal after the election. And he had this to say. I want everybody to party, party, party. <laughs> What's the matter? That's not funny to you. <laughs> I mean, well, when Mr. Russert I'm not, asked I'm him, not sophisticated enough to, to, to totally get all this. I mean, I'm laughing. I, think, I do think it's funny to answer your question. All but, right, shut um, up. I really do lack the sophistication to fully comprehend everything. When Russert asked him if that was really what he meant to say, Nader replied this. That's what I said. I think a majority of the American people, they want excitement. They want parties. And if they had any brains, they would swing. <laughs> it's all about swinging. Isn't it? After realizing Mr. Nader was apparently suffering from mental stress, he tried to recover the conversation by asking if he had extended an olive branch to both Senator Kerry and President Bush. Mr. Nader replied with this. John Kerry and George W. Bush play with each other's members in private with their tongues thrust into each other's ear. <laughs> yeah, at this oh. point, uh, at this point in the interview, Tim Russert started to laugh and figuring the interview was shot anyway, he started to play along. Following up on a story of Mr. Nader's recent Viagra episode, Russert asked him if he was having problems with impotence. And without missing a beat, Nader replied this. It is hard as a rock and growing and I touch and play with my members and the feeling of the ooze and the pus is <laughs> disgraceful. The camera, the camera cut back. <laughs> now Rory's laughing. Okay. Right, well, now it's down to my level. Yeah, ooze and pus and any kind of master, masturbatory reference. Right, he's well, laughing all over the place. Member. Okay. He said member. Well, the the camera cut back quickly to Russert's empty chair. He was apparently on the floor turning blue. And then they cut back to Nader, who was still talking into the camera with that serious, dour look on his face that he's known for. And, of course, we have graphic and explicit pornography on our website with 10 of our staff dressed up in white waiter coats. And it is going to uh, stimulate the people to thrust <laughs> their big members forward and upward. Well, and without further and, and without wow. further prompting, he went on with this. We know it's wrong. We know it leads to bizarre results, but it's fun, and we should plunge massive tools up the ass of the Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. At this point, the producer ran over to the camera to turn it off, but just before they did, Nader got in this last punch. We also. Uh, are going to engage in sex in public places like Walmart and McDonald's <laughs> in over 20 positions, including 69. Mr. Nader checked into St. Francis Hospital on Thursday and said to be resting, and that's what happened this week in politics. So Karen had just been thrown into this geekdom. She wasn't technically savvy, but she was funny. 
She had done stand-up professionally in Boston, and also reviewed films. I won't play all of her first film review, but I will play her introduction. And so now it's time to get a bowl of popcorn and settle down and listen to Karen Greenwald as she reviews a movie of the week. Uh, what you got for us? This, Karen, you got a, a movie review for us? I do. Can you tell us what it's all about? Yes, it's about the movie I saw a couple of hours ago. <laughs> you used to do this for a living, though, really right? put it together. Review movies on the yeah. radio, I did. Yeah, I cool. did. I was... It was called Down in Front, a show out of Boston. And then I was on, I was girl on film. Cool. So, yeah, I used to do that. But um, I didn't really get a chance to go see a movie. So, latest DVD release. Well, that counts. That counts. Yeah, exactly. It was out on Tuesday, Stepford Wives, the new. So, the thing about Karen is she always came to the show recording semi-prepared and usually jotted down her ideas on the back of a napkin while we were setting up and passing out coffee. In contrast. Mark Miller has to work on his bits for hours, sweating over every word. How these two actually got together is still kind of a mystery to me. This is a good place to mention that the first two episodes contained guest interviews. They were, of course, not funny. I abandoned the idea after episode two. Speaking of which, episode two is the first time that Mark and Richard joined us on the show. Mark's very first bit was him describing a new product. Notice how Karen reacts. So, Mark, you had a hellacious weekend? Oh, yeah. You know, well, I'm, I'm a programmer, so I spent the whole weekend coding. I'm, I'm working on my uh, new product, the uh, Install Buddy. Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh, it, what it does is, is if you want to install software, you just basically right-click it and say Install. And then it detects, you know, next and and finish and I agree buttons and it just clicks them all for you and installs for you automatically. <laughs> but I was just having a hellacious time with it, so I'm just, you know, not in a very good mood today. So if you need uh if you need this install buddy why doesn't the why don't the installers just not prompt you to press the next button nine times? Well, I don't you know I don't want you to get that out you know because then they will do that and then you know there'll be no market <laughs> for install buddy, which would really yeah. suck because just as I got it out everybody would be like oh we don't need that anymore. <laughs> so, I totally is don't it, get is this. Is it a dog <laughs> or is it a cat? What it's it's not it's not a dog or a cat. This is a this is software man. It'll never sell that stupid. If you don't have a mascot, then it's stupid. <laughs> huh. And if it's not a dog or a cat, oh, then it's really gotta, dumb. Wait, is this coming from the Microsoft guy? Is this what's going on here? Yeah. All right. This Dark is a guy side. who said uh, right. uh, works for the company that brought us uh, Microsoft Bob, right? Okay. Search dog. All right. So I'll, I'll, work, on, I'll work on the mascot, Auto man. PC. Maybe an emu or something. A ferret. I want That's good. A ferret. <laughs> yeah, a ferret. In the early days, I didn't pay as much attention to editing as I do now. After a while, I learned that to really preserve the comedy, I'd have to slide clips around so we didn't talk over each other. That also gives me a chance to remove any utterances that don't contribute to the comedy and also perfect the timing. Well, Richard, this is your first time on Mondays, um, uh, but you've uh, obviously been a regular on .NET Rocks, so this should be much more fun for you because you actually get to talk a little bit more. I'm already afraid. <laughs> and you know Mark, right? I do know Mark. I've known Mark for a lot of years. I've learned to put Valium in his co coffee. Is that why I'm so calm whenever I'm around you? That's it. I thought it was like an aura thing or something, but it's Valium. In the first several episodes, I was really convinced that I had to do some kind of political satire in order to attract an audience. From mondays.pwop.com, it's News Bites with your host, Carl Franklin. 
So you're listening to News Bites. This is a, a short synopsis of news for those with nanoscale attention spans. <laughs> and uh, this week in politics, the Bill Clinton Memorial Library opened in Little Rock, Arkansas, to celebrate the life of the 42nd president of the United States. And in the pouring rain, people gathered to listen to former presidents, cabinet members, and friends give their thanks and praise to President Clinton. And his wife, New York Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, gave him a very short introduction. Although she didn't say much, you can sort of read between the lines to hear what she was really thinking. I have been so patient with my husband, and I'm going to cut Bill's balls off. <laughs> what did she say? Cut Bill's balls off. So what what does she mean by that? I'm trying to read between the lines. What is she trying to say? She wants to run for office in 2008. I had lots of fun at George W. Bush's expense. In episode two, I came up with this earworm. Free societies are able, societies are able to develop trust between each other. That was one of the favorite clips I had this week. Listen to that again. Free societies are able, societies are able to develop trust between <laughs> each other. Free societies are able, societies are able to develop trust between Free each other. Free societies are able societies... It's almost musical. If you choose not to be helped, if you decide you don't want a free democratic society, then not wing do. <laughs> oh my god, I totally know why I voted for him. He had a great beat. Then not wing do. You can dance to it. And the reason why I'm so strong on democracy is then not wing do. <laughs> oh, this is awesome, Carl. They're not winged up. People say democracy is not possible in certain societies. But remember, that was said right after World War II with Japan. And today, one of the people that I work closest with um, is my friend, Prime Minister. Um, Corey, sorry, what the fuck is your name? Karma Sutra, Jesus, what the fuck? Is Say it. Name. Koizumi. Prime Minister knows Koizumi. He is a, he's, he's a, he's a good man. The not wing dude. <laughs> and the reason why I'm so strong on democracy is the not wing dude. <laughs> and the reason why I'm free societies are able societies are able to develop trust between them. And the reason why I'm the not wing dude. Free societies are able societies able to develop trust between each and the reason why the not wing do and the reason why free societies are able societies able to develop trust between each and the reason why the not wing do anyway that's what, what that's what happened this week in politics and that's news bites I really miss Rory's humor he established an adversarial relationship with Karen right out of the gate. This is really their first interaction from episode two. So, uh, so Rory, was the questions are a little dry tonight, huh? This morning. Yeah, the uh, the the we're having too many like mostly sane people write in for the Ask Rory stuff. Um, and one thing I wanted to do, you know, this is actually a good opportunity to talk about it. Is I thought it would be fun if the occasional person sent in a dream that they wanted analyzed, and oh. I would give it my own little treatment. Okay, I have a so dream. if anybody's listening, you what? I had a dream last night. 
Do you want to? Well, no, you know, I'm sure you did, but we haven't introduced the new segment yet. Okay. So, um, wow. I would like to introduce the yeah. new segment in the future. Yikes. Yeah. Hey, Roy, yeah. I, um, I had a dream. Is that well, Mark? Yeah, it's Mark over It's here. not I had safe a dream, for man. radio consumption, I guarantee it. So as I was saying, yeah. I was thinking that we could do a segment where I would sort of, you know, like uh, take somebody's dream and I would analyze it and then I, I would turn it around and I would tell you what it means and I would dig out the essence of that thing. I'd find out who you are through those two or three minutes of, you know, strange midnight, you know, images that were put into your head by the sleep dust fairy monster guy. And of course, you're completely qualified to do that, right? <laughs> well, I, you, let's look at it on paper. I'm not qualified to do anything. Um, I had a 0.86 GPA in high school, which I never finished. So I'm not really <laughs> supposed to be anywhere at all, you know. But um, but I am happy to take on these responsibilities because I am a martyr and a philanthropist. I feel like these old episodes were more for techie people than they should have been. For example, Jeff Maciolik, who was our announcer for .NET Rocks, got into a discussion with Rory, who worked for Microsoft about the Xbox. Jeff was a proponent of cheaper Linux systems which could be configured to do media services. And this is where Karen really brought them back to reality. Check it out. Intel isn't selling x86 compatible chips at an integratable price point. Are we on .NET rocks? <laughs> We're not talking about .NET. What are yeah. you talking about? Well, we don't know. But I mean, obviously you don't know. So, you know, that's okay. Man, kids... Hey, I'm not the I'm not the girl who rejected you in high school. Back off with the anger. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah, this was really uncomfortable. <laughs> Rory's approach to comedy was to hurl fake insults at the other participants. Jeff was getting indignant over technology and then started getting personal. I really don't think Jeff's insults were in jest. I did not get rejected in high school. Hey, I'm not the girl who rejected you either. You've been chewing out Rory. You've been chewing out Rory, so I'm chewing you out. Why don't you take no. a taste of your own medicine here? Oh Come on. Hey, goodness. shove it up your wow. ass, Jeff. No, no, right. no, 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 no. All I, did, I told Rory I had a dream. I shared with him my yeah, innermost I hear, dream. I want to hear the dream. Oh, no, because Rory was all, I don't care. I'm sure you did. <laughs> he was all up in me about that, and there's no way I'm going. <laughs> I was up in you about that? How was that? I guess that's not what I meant to let's, say. Let's not, let's not go Man, there. Six, feel six, six. the love. <laughs> We call this show Mondays for a reason. <laughs> Welcome to Five Nerds Try to Talk. Yeah. Episode two is where Mark first expressed his idea for a bit that would evolve into people dumber than me. So, Mar Mark, um, tell, me, tell me about this idea you had for a bit for the show. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking about a repeating segment called uh, People Dumber Than You. Okay. Hmm. And the so, idea is, well, you know, I figure we, what other kind of people are there, really? Well, the thing is, I, I figure it's kind of a public service thing because, you know, we're surrounded by really smart people. And I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, looking for that evidence of somebody dumber than them. And just look to Congress, <laughs> look to the White House. <laughs> well, I, I was feeling there was a need for the show, so, you know, for the segment. But maybe, you know, mm. maybe, maybe, guys, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we don't need to know about this. But I know I'm surrounded by really smart guys, and I'm like, you know, desperately trying to find somebody dumber than me and <laughs> okay. i just think there are a lot of people like me right you're probably right like yeah. you guys are I'm all thinking the you, same Mark. thing right i'm dumber than most people just give me a call well there you go kirk's volunteering so you're off the hook 
I'm dumber than most. So anyway, I was <laughs> just ask me. I was thinking about that, and I was, uh, you know, my source, of course, is is, is going to be the news on this. And there were a couple that stood out this week. Uh, one of the uh, ones that got uh, more attention is this ten-year-old uh, grilled cheese sandwich that went on eBay for about twenty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> you guys hear about this? What? It didn't sprout a spore of mold. I swear. Yes, what? <laughs> isn't that amazing? So it's like I love that. So either they use Wonder Bread or it's the real thing. I, yeah. I didn't hear about this. Oh, Tell oh, me yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, well, it, it had the image. It was bearing the image of the Virgin Mary. Uh, Grilled right in. It was a simulacra. Oh, yeah, the toast. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And and, uh, and that big word that Rory said, which uh, means big things. But, uh, uh, yeah, the essence of it is actually it's a, it's a pretty dang good image. I thought it looked a little bit more like Faye Ray, but, you know, not as many people are going go to go to a Faye Ray sandwich. All right, so... So the story is, and I'm, I haven't heard this, so I want sure, to get sure, it Sure, sure, sure. Well, basically the story is, is this woman made this sandwich about 10 years ago. She took a okay. bite of it, took a look at it, and said, holy crap, it's the Virgin Mary, staring right back yeah. at her. And if you look at the picture on eBay, um, I'll get you guys the link at the end of the show. Uh, if you look at the picture on eBay, it's it's a pretty stunning, <laughs> uh, amazing-looking uh, picture. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, like I said, I, I wouldn't, you know, say it's necessarily. eBay, so she's selling it? She well, tried to, but eBay well, she, yanked she it. Well, she kept it. She kept it under she's her, doing her it again, pillow, though. I guess, she... in a plastic box for like 10 years. <laughs> and, and, and On her nightstand. Arthur's yeah. saying 15 no, years. No, no, 10 years. But... She made it 10 years ago. Okay. Look, man, I'm not on trial. Look, I'm just telling you what I found. Okay, all right. I'm just sorry. <laughs> Duke it so out. She, Duke it out. She's, she's kept this around, and I guess she brings it with her wherever she goes, you know, like when she goes gambling. And she says she's won $70,000 on different occasions of the casino house nearby and she can sew the receipts oh. to the highest bidder so uh that's what she says wow so and it's all because of the sandwich well evidently yeah now i'm not sure but i i think that because of this like the local casinos don't let her bring the sandwich with her anymore when she goes <laughs> we're shaking you down for the merry toast yeah so so anyway you know and i'm not sure if this really you know i'm not sure if she really strikes you know falls in the category of people dumber than you but she, you know, anybody that buys that sandwich, she's one seventy yeah, thousand, man. <laughs> she's it's got to be one hell of a me. fucking sandwich, man, for twenty thousand. It better taste damn good. I mean, I wouldn't eat the, you know, if I was hungry, I'd eat around. Don't I'd eat, eat around the, Mary the part. Mary part, but I'd save that just in case. <laughs> now you know there was a follow up to this that eBay, after all the press came out, backed off on it, not realizing this was actually right, a religious right. artifact, and allowed her to list it yes, and right. sell it. What's the highest bid? Has it gone? Is it? You know, I'm not sure if it is or not. I'm not, you know, not a fucking newsman. Stop asking me follow up questions. 20,000. <laughs> what the fuck? I've got the word here that it's 20,000. Wow. So anyway, we don't know. The snack has attracted a bid thought to be a hoax of $99.9 million. <laughs> so so that was one of them. The other one that I that uh, uh, appealed to me is uh, uh, Dateline uh, Florence, Italy. Uh, man decides to move, it's time to move out. He's sick of living with his mother. And uh, uh, this is a story about a 26-year-old Italian guy who was arrested uh, after hurling a rock at a police car and smashing one of his windows. Uh, the incident took place after police were asked to break up a family squabble between a woman and her son. Uh, the son's identified only by his initials uh, G.F., and uh, when the police arrived, G.F. asked the officers to take him to prison, saying he could no longer stand living with his mother. But when police hmm. refused to arrest him, he proceeded to smash their car window with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> so Take me I, to jail, I, please. I, I like this guy. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, a lot of people in a desperate situation, they just continue to live with their mom. Right, Richard? 
Ouch. But, <laughs> yeah, I've been living with your mom for a long time, Mark. Woo-hoo, yeah, good really. comeback, Rich. You get him. Oh, man. All right. So, so, Angry Monday. So those are like samples of what I thought I'd you know throw in. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like it's going to be a good bit. All right. So we can, you know, we don't have to call it people dumber than you. We can call it something else like, you know, idiots on parade or sure. something fun or whatever. Something fun. I'm not the marketing guy. I don't know. I, I think that idiots? woman with the sandwich is actually pretty smart. Yeah. If she's, you know, if, if, if I, I could, could, yeah, exactly. Right. If, if I could pull down 70,000 from my grilled cheese, I wouldn't have eaten it this afternoon. Totally. Holy crap. I'm I headed mean, to the kitchen right now, man. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> what, what, you, you guys. There's a uh, there is a technology out there. I am not kidding. That lets you print on um, on a piece of bread. It's a grill that you can like put a certain piece yeah. of sheet metal in, and it'll darken and blacken the different parts of the bread in different ways. And I, I doubt this technology existed ten they years do it ago. At Disney with oh. Mickey. Oh, I, but oh it wow! Yeah, I don't know how much wow, I can get I, on eBay for this, but so I do have a, a McGriddle sandwich with an M on it. <laughs> so I've been keeping that under my pillow. I need to get a plastic box, so it's been a couple of weeks, and, 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 and there is a little bit of mold on it. But I'm picking that off. Oh, forget it. You can see the grilled cheese at shrinkster.com. That's shrinkster without an e. Slash two a two. Mark also floated an idea for a bit called "Names I've Been Called This Week," but that never grew legs. See, in the very early days, we were all trying to find our way, trying to find a definitive bit that we could bring every week. Richard had his Toy Boy segment, but he was also good for just coming out with great stories, like this one. You, you want a brain story? I'll give you a brain story. Okay. Please. You ready for this? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. Okay. So, I was about 10 years old, and my buddy Tom, who's about 10 years old, was a pretty smart guy, too. So, the two smart guys are hanging out with each other, and it's gym class. And we're playing golf. It sounds like golf. you became gay or something. What is this story? Where are something we going, like man? <laughs> <laughs> we're playing golf with croquet sticks and wiffle balls. Uh-huh. It, this is gym class. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in one of my more brilliant moments, I decide to stand directly to the left of Tom while he's about to swing. Ouch. So he completes his swing, comes up, smacks me across the forehead with the croquet stick. Oh. Well, he hit me so hard, he'd split my... My the skin open on my head a good three or four inches, wow. and a little Ow. piece of fat that was inside the you know the the thin layer on your forehead popped out and hung down on my face. <sighs> oh, oh no! So Tom was pretty well convinced that he'd smashed my brains in at that point. <laughs> and the last thing that I remember was seeing him run away screaming as I fainted, which didn't help matters. <laughs> so great! Funny. What a friend! <laughs> so they take me back to the nurse's office, and I I don't remember any of this. I had a concussion. I have I lost the whole week. Wow. Wow. But apparently, just as they'd finished cleaning me up and the nurse had come to the conclusion that was just a chunk of fat, she cut it off as Tom oh walked in God. the room. <laughs> Tom is still scarred. He's oh in a home God. now, isn't he? They pretty much haven't seen him since, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so do you really, do you really have fat, in, sitting in a corner really have fat shivering. protecting your brain? Is that like a normal thing or is this like an alien thing? No, no, no. It's just inside your skin. That's yeah, all. just the, the the subcutaneous fat underneath your skin there. So, yeah. like, was this nurse qualified to actually cut the <laughs> brain fat? Dude, I, I can't even remember who she was. I had no memory of that whole week. She's like, well, let's just reach in the drawer and break, break out the brain fat cutting scissors, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, where's the brain fat now? I I kept it in my pocket. <laughs> it's probably yeah, a plastic pocket, bucket, man. Yeah, good for you. Some refrigerator packs. <laughs> the next memory I have after seeing Tom run away is like more than a week later I and I've discovered that this welt on my head squirts black goo that I could <laughs> oh, shoot at girls. So I'm pretty happy about the whole thing. Neat. Oh, dear God. 
I, I literally am missing the whole week. I have no idea. No, my next memory was my senior year in college. <laughs> <laughs> An early recurring theme in Jeff's check-ins was that his ex-girlfriends tended to turn gay. Check this out. Check this out from episode three. Jeff, how come you're in such a bad mood? You really want to know why I'm in such a bad mood? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, I'm in such a bad mood because I found out a little bit earlier today that yet another one of my ex-girlfriends has uh, become gay. Oh, this, this man. This brings the grand total. Well, I don't want to get into a total here, but it's exactly one third. You know, and, this pisses me oh. off. This pisses me off so much because, you know, I'm always trying to get my current girlfriends to become gay and they always <laughs> wait till after their exes, you know? So what the fuck, man? <laughs> Yeah. Come on, let's do it now. It's freaking great. Yeah, I do Bring have to say, friend. I was oh, I was well. pissed off, and then I I uh, and I'm still pissed off, but I'm less pissed off because I, I was bitching to one of my friends, and they said, "Dude, you had hot sex with a lesbian. What are you complaining about?" <laughs> so I said, "Yeah, I, I guess that's one way of looking at it." But yeah, so third, a third, a third. How many girlfriends? I, I really want to know how yeah, many. More than one. Okay. All right, but I'll, I'll bet anything it's three. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, 33% would mean that it would have to either be one girlfriend, two girlfriends, three girlfriends, or four girlfriends with a total of three girlfriends, six girlfriends, nine Freaking math guy. No, I say two lesbians, six girlfriends. I think that's right. I'm going one for three. Nah, dude, two out of six. It's good enough. So what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, two out of six. Jeff is not hot enough to have nine girlfriends. <laughs> do you really care what happens now that you're, you know, you're, she's an ex? Well, I mean, no, what do you it, care? It's, it's the principle of the matter. It's, you know, I don't really need those kind of statistics working against me. <laughs> I mean, you think they all get together and talk about you behind your back or worse, get, you know, go out with each no, other. They all hate each other. Every single oh, one really? of my exes hates every other one of my exes. And... Well, you know, that's at least something to look forward to. Oh, yeah, I, I guess. Also, this is the first time we had Nick Landry on the show, and Karen wasn't there. We asked Nick to uh, translate one of W's speeches into Quebecois, the French-Canadian dialect of French. I don't really know what I was thinking. It completely bombed with most of the audience. Even though these early shows contain lots of extraneous and therefore not funny prattle, there was this brilliant brain dropping from Miller. Jeff was talking about reading a book about surviving the zombie apocalypse. And after a bit of that, Miller breaks this out. I was like, damn, a titanium crowbar. <laughs> That's why when, I'm, when I'm fighting zombies, I always strap big, thick stakes to my neck. So if I do miss yeah. with that one swing, <laughs> if they're biting into steak and I'm still okay. I'm punching their guts out or poking out their eyes. Uh, see, I usually cover my... I usually cover myself in, like, lamb's brains. Just get some duct tape and and some big steaks. And the the good thing about it is, like, if you make it through and they don't eat it, you can, like, cook up some steaks at the end of the day. (laughs) You got steaks. (laughs) I'm just playing Half-Life. Mark's first written People Dumber Than Me bit debuted in Episode 3. This is also where Mark floated the idea that monkeys are going to take over the world. You can tell that he spent a little bit of time coming up with some funny commentary even though he hasn't written a complete script yet. And right now on Mondays, Mark Miller provides a service to all of those people who constantly work and hang out with people that are much smarter than them. This is called People Dumber Than Me. So I got four of them. I got uh, Jesus Will Save Me, Psycho Monkey Muggers, Drunken Rampage Turns Out to Be Not Such a Good Idea for a Croatian Priest, and Free Sex is Not Okay. Okay. Four stories. First, we'll start off with the lead story, Psycho Monkey Muggers. 
30 to 40 hungry monkeys surrounded a group of frightened passengers when they stepped off a bus in rural Hong Kong. Panic passengers called police for help when the monkeys rushed them at a bus stop near the territory's Lion Rock Country Park. After a tense standoff, the monkeys realized the cops were on the way and fled up a hillside before rangers arrived to deal with them. The South China Morning News Post reported. Wow, you know, I I heard about that, but I didn't. I thought I was dreaming. No, man. actually, it's like, and you know, the monkeys—they're like, they're like, okay, we got them, and then like, what's that? You know, ooh, what's that? And they're like, they got fucking cell phones. They're calling the cops. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, right. damn, damn these humans. You know, we'll never rule with them with these damn cell phones. Oh. Get the little talking boxes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, I like that. Oh, it's like that idiot that was trying to convert lions to Christ or something. This is like so funny. Well, yeah, the thing that's so funny about this is that there's a tense standoff, right? The people are all looking at the monkeys and the monkeys are looking at the people, you know, and they're like waiting for somebody to move. It's like one of those, huh. uh, uh, oh, you know, shootout at OK Corral. I wonder what the monkeys were actually, you know, looking for. So they're looking for they're looking, food, man. They're looking for you to look away. <laughs> you, you ever gone up against a macaque? I mean, a thing may only weigh five pounds. These are macaque monkeys, right? And this is—they're nasty, huh? They'll—they'll they'll do anything. I—I I, when I was in KL, uh, Kuala Lumpur, we went to this temple, and it's covered in macaques. And this monkey came down off a railing, grabbed my water bottle that I was holding on to, and tried to yank it out of my hands. And I—I sh- I didn't let go of the bottle. I shook him off, and he was going for another pass. Well, like they're he, getting he wasn't bold. done. This was not a hit and run. He was kind of he was going to go for the bottle again. They're getting bold, I, Richard. I, I actually, what I did was I emptied the bottle in his head. <laughs> Good for you. Take that, see, you fucking see the, monkey. The thing is, there's no fucking monkey prison, right? You can't like go take him off to jail and let him, you know, work off their time. That doesn't happen. So you've got to take the law in your own hands, Richard. You've got to pour the bottle you've on. You've got their to head. take him down. Yeah, man. It's you or me, there, fuzzball. Let's go. These fucking monkeys, man. They're gonna try. The, I mean, they've, they've, they've obviously seen like these, you know, these Charles and Heston movies, you know, and they're saying we got a chance, man. We can take them, you know. And they're testing us, man. They're trying to see our weakness. They're probing us, man. Forget the fucking aliens that are coming on the spaceships. We got to be watching up for the monkeys i think they're a little pissed <laughs> off and they're 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 working in groups okay jesus will save me man this is the this is my next story my my next story and nick actually alluded to this uh a taiwanese man decided to spread the gospel in a rather unusual way by jumping into a lion habitat at the local zoo and oh so you got that one. i got cool. this one man uh, an eyewitness reported that the man spread his arms shouting jesus will save you to the lions who apparently considered opening their hearts to jesus for a few moments at least before they ultimately decided to stick with plan a which was to eat the guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like plan a better See, it's about forgiveness. He's trying to forgive the lions for, you know, eating eating all the Christians in the Roman Coliseum. Yeah, because all I think, well, Jesus will save us. So that's good. Or we could eat the guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they went with plan A. Hmm. So this is another, uh, you know, opportunity to use the steak shield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm right. saying. You know, another product. I got the ass clown and I got the steak shield, man. This is why I love this yeah. show. I'm going to be patting these babies now. Steak shield before you try to convert the lions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. along with the install buddy. Man, you're just like a, an enterprise waiting to happen here. So anyway, okay, the next story I got is a drunken rampage. Turns out to be not so good idea for a Croatian priest. Mm. A Croatian priest beat a member of his parish, threatened others with a rifle, and crashed his car in a night of drunken rage, press reports said. After an overnight quarrel in a restaurant in the central town of Slunge, 
Slunge. Slunge. Joseph Stefanczyk punched a guest in the face, cutting his eye. The priest, known to his parish wow. as mm -hmm. the sheriff, then proceeded to take out a rifle and threaten the other guests before fleeing in his car and crashing into a tree. Whoa. When police wow. arrived at the true scene. True story, huh? It's a true story. Everything I'm giving you tonight is true, man. When mm. police arrived at the scene, he refused a breath test. Huh. I'm like thinking, okay, I'm a I'm a priest. I've uh, punched a guy out. I pulled <laughs> yeah. out my handy rifle that I carry right next to my Bible. But you're all the not going to check me for drunk driving. And should I? Yeah, no, I don't want to take a breathalyzer test. He sounds right like now. he sounds like Billy Joel going out for pizza. Isn't it amazing, man? But if I was living in a town named Slunge, I think I'd start shooting people too. Yeah, I mean, I think he's read Jeff's book about the zombies, man. I think he's read his book. <laughs> The guy's like Actually, ready to go. Actually, is like New Jersey and Croatia. Oh, oh, so anyway, he, so he's like he, he. Anyway, the guy says, "I admit that I've made a mistake." However, everyone makes mistakes. Politicians and even the Pope. Oh boy! Mm. So, so he was, according to the press, already involved. Pope in never this. goes on a drunken rampage. I don't know. His people. Now that would be actually something cool to see him in the Pope mobile. That would you know, be. Start, you know, bumping into things. That would be. I'm very the Pope, bitch. the road, man. So I'd uh, like to see if the Pope would have much success with the Lions as well. Uh, mm. I don't know, man. It's the <laughs> I just I love this story. The the Jesus will save me story. That's the story about the guy dumber than me, man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, uh, he was defended by uh, the Slunge Regions Bishop, uh, who explained that Stefanczyk did not act alone. The wine was with him. Uh huh. All right. Always blaming on the wine, folks. Yeah, well, there's that's from Croatia, and they got 4.4 million people, and 88 percent of them are Roman Catholics. Wow. Uh, the 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 Catholic priests there have been strongly protesting against their the uh, new zero tolerance uh, drunk driving law. So apparently, the the priests are you know they've they've been arguing that they they have to imbibe wine as part of their work. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they ought to be allowed to uh, you know. Drive behind the wheel under the influence. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, but they're just sipping on that thing. And they're not getting hammered up there. Well, you know, that's what I'm thinking. So why are they well, even the, upset about the law? But maybe yeah. some are getting hammered. You know, this guy was yeah. apparently. So apparently. And my last story is uh, free sex is not okay. A Swiss men's magazine has come under attack recently after after it offered readers free sex. Pietro Attardo, spokesman for the magazine called OK, said. We wanted to offer something that beats the free music <laughs> CDs or posters that our rivals were offering. Huh? <laughs> Got a point there. Hey, Mondays listeners. I hate to interrupt this incredibly interesting tirade that Mark is going on, but, you know, it's just one of a series of like maybe 10 or 12,000 of them. Uh, but I'd just like to let you guys know that Mark's track is going to lose a little bit of quality. Um, it's because he screwed up badly during the recording process because he's an idiot. And uh, we had to fall back... <laughs> And we had to fall back to the uh, to the telephone track. So, uh, sorry, guys. It's the best we can do. And uh, fire Mark off a nasty email for me. Thanks. They're like thinking, well, what, what, what do we do? Like maybe a stuffed animal? <laughs> They're like free fucking sex, man. They didn't even try to hide it. Like sort of, huh? They didn't even try to hide it, man. To, to celebrate the magazine's 20th anniversary... Every reader was offered a free trip to an erotic studio, where, which included free sexual services. Wow. This is unbelievable, because this, this costs a lot more than a CD. I really? I think so, yeah. Maybe not in Switzerland, but, it, but, but anyway. Either that or they have a really small readership. <laughs>
We we it's the bulk order, right? No, no, no. We want thirteen thousand blowjobs. <laughs> That's right. We get a discount, right? <laughs> you could get a deal. So can you get that at Costco or something? Yes, that'd be awesome. Uh, I don't get think a Costco blowjob on aisle six. I think BJ's has it. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Kirk, you've been pretty quiet for this uh, show. That was that was worth it. Yeah, man. I know. My work here is done. <laughs> He's been waiting for an hour to plug that one. I know. I've been, I've been waiting. <laughs> Perfect. Some other guy in Switzerland was quoted as saying, uh, it's a disgrace, man. The magazine isn't even classified as an adult magazine. Huh. The magazine's campaign turned out to be an instant hit after some radio, local radio stations refused to carry ads promoting the offer, which was then covered in the Swiss media. Atardo added, I don't know why the radio stations refused to carry the ad. Every man wants free sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so anyway those are my uh wacky stories in the news fantastic yay yay <laughs> yay it's great now what episode four introduced my fascination with the uk parliament and in particular the prime minister's questions in which the prime minister takes questions from the british house of commons and how different it is from the back and forth we experience here in the u.s or at least it was different back then. Michael Howard. Michael Howard, the guy said. He's going to ask Yesterday, the, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner said he totally supports the private member's bill to change the law on self-defense against burglars. Will the government support it too? What we have said is that we will consult now the chief police officers, the Crown Prosecution Service, and indeed the Attorney General. And I entirely understand the concern on this particular issue. I share the general comments of the Metropolitan Police Commissioner. So if we get the right response back from those people, then of course we will support a change in the law. As I understand that this particular backbench bill is not perfectly yet civil right now. We will obviously have to consider the right way to take it forward, but I entirely share and understand the concern, and I hope we can reach agreement on it. Thank you, Rob. Well, I'm very glad, uh, Mr. Speaker, to hear. We're laughing at him. But once again, where we lead, he follows. Can he tell us, can he tell us though, why the Lord Chancellor said this week that the law did not need to be changed? Mr Speaker, first of all, let me uh, just deal with the, the issue of, of, of him leading and us following. Actually, the Home Secretary indicated that he was prepared to review the law on this a couple of months ago. The right honourable gentleman only jumped on the bandwagon when he thought there was something in it. However, I would have thought we could deal with this perfectly sensibly. I entirely understand the concern. The Law Commission actually did look at this and say that the law did not need changing. It's totally However, unedited. Let's... I believe as a result of the concern over this that even though I think that the number of circumstances in which someone would actually be convicted in circumstances where they've taken on a burglar in their home will be very limited. Nonetheless, I think in the light of recent concern, it is worth looking at whether we don't have to clarify the law so that we send a very, very go. clear signal to people that we are on the side of the victim, not the offender. The right honourable gentleman talks about bandwagons. I'll tell him about bandwagons. This is the man. This is the man who joined Michael Foote's bandwagon to get into the Labour Party, joined the CND bandwagon to get on in the Labour Party, and did over his Chancellor's bandwagon to take over the leadership of the Labour Party. 
<laughs> he yeah. is Mr. Bandwagon. <laughs> now let's get back to the question, which he manifestly did not answer. Episode four is also where we introduce the gag we call, we're never going to get a sponsor like this. No, no. Mm. And my question is, Mark, you know, why thank God for opposable thumbs? When's the last time you extracted a poop from your ass with your opposable thumbs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I almost used my teeth the other day and I was oh, like, come on, a second. man. <laughs> I've got an opposable oh, thumb. We're never going to get a sponsor. Yeah. Never. <laughs> oh, is it our goal to do a sponsor? Is that what our goal is, Carl? Well, Think you know, we, do you really want to suck up to the world? Do you want to be paid? I, I want to be paid. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Skip ahead to episode eight, where we introduce the new theme song to Mark Miller's bit, Amazing Tales of Pooh. All right, well, now it's time for... Amazing, Amazing Tales of Pooh. Also known as number two. <laughs> So, Mark, it's your theme song now. The Amazing oh, Tales man. of Pooh That was song. awesome. I'm so proud, I can't man. believe that this has become a real segment. I know. Dude, everything here is a real segment, okay? <laughs> Next week, it's gonna, I'm going to introduce my new segment, you know, uh, Jack Off Dick Enhancing Tools, you know? <laughs> Wait, I got to hear that again. Let's just listen to that again. One Do more that time. again. I love it. Amazing Tales of Pooh. <laughs> It's just wrong. In episode 9, I was feeling really mean. Vice President Cheney is an asshole and he must be assassinated tonight. (laughs) Finally, he's come to his senses. This is met with a standing ovation. Oh, that is excellent. You know, I think I missed that. I missed that in the State of the Union address. That must have been a bathroom break. Yeah. Is it clap too? Is there more, man? Wait a minute. Also in episode 9, Karen started reviewing porn films, which she calls connection films, calling her bit, The Movies Go to Karen. For the occasion, I wrote the theme music, which would eventually be used for her other bit, Girl. So anyway, we're going to introduce a a new segment, which is kind of an old segment turned on its head, and and this uh, is called The Movies Go to Karen. Karen Greenwald, yes. is going to uh, review start reviewing movies. Uh, you know we've we've had a sort of a I don't know a tepid reaction I would say to most of your other reviews that they were great, but 
you know, we just wanted to kick it up a notch, and uh, we had a, a meeting and decided that you were going to um, start reviewing a um, specific genre. Yeah, just we decided to limit a it um, a little bit to one genre, so we can really what get is it? Mysteries deeply into this genre. Yeah, no, deeply family movies very deeply. It's family movies of a sort, actually. Um, no, it's pornography, except for that. It's not a great word, <laughs> pornography. It's become too dirty. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a dirty word. So um, and it lost its appeal when like ugly 14 year olds started wearing it across their ass and saying porn stars. Yeah. So we're not going to call it pornography or the other choice would be adult film, which is also it kind of takes the fun out of porn. Yeah, really. You know, and it fuck makes it, flicks. Well, adult film is too exclusive. But flicks. No, no. No, he said fuck. Flicks. I was thinking dick juice extraction device. <laughs> 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 Was, is that a good name okay. or no? What um, do you think? It's not uh, only because it, it, it implies that it's simply for the sole purposes of extracting juice from a dick. Aha. Uh-huh. But let me tell you what we're going to oh. call them. Okay. Because we're going to call them what they really are about, right? Okay. What are these films about? They're about people making connections. So yeah. we're going to call them connection films. Okay. Okay? Yeah, I like so that. This is, <laughs> sure. We're going to take it to the basics, right? That's and we're going to go Disney classic. version. And friends, that's where we're going to leave it for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this first part of the History of Mondays, and I'll be back soon to complete the story.